welcome to the Wet Streams podcast. I'm Jose, your host, and this is Brad. Um, and so far, we've talked about a bunch of different topics, but um, today, the topic that we're talking about is porn. So this is something that we deal with with all our people, um, and it's something that's a heavily debated topic, and we can talk about that a little bit. But um, you know, whether it's an addiction or not, some of the two camps that that talk about it um and that's maybe where we'll start but we're gonna get into that and our thoughts about porn um versus porn sex versus real sex um and some of the myths or some of the things that some of our clients think about when they think about porn um yeah we're gonna get into porn today and probably another episode but we'll start (laughs) at least start a little bit in in there today (laughs) um so yeah i mean Let's talk, start with the controversy surrounding porn, you know, maybe we could start talking about there, you know, I think you have a pretty good handle about about the two camps of porn, uh, yeah. So technically porn is not um, recognized in our uh, manual as an addiction. Yeah. Um, and it probably will not be in our lifetimes. Mm. <laughs> so um, even though clients come to us, um, and say they have a porn addiction. Uh, we don't, obviously, we don't say, no, you don't. Right. It's not, not a real addiction. Um, and so, but it's it's not an official diagnosis. Um, and so there, there are several addictions that are recognized, alcohol and drugs and gambling Gamble. and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, um, but pornography addiction is not... Uh, you're you're not gonna we're not gonna get reimbursed by insurance companies right. for diagnosing right. somebody <laughs> with a porn addiction, um, although that does not um, stop the fact that there are many many people who come to us who um, who consume pornography um, and it's it's having a significant impairment in their life right um, so it interferes with the relationships people have lost jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it causes problems, right? Especially compulsive, uh, habitual, like ongoing kind of consumption of porn. Um, and so there are, there are some therapists who believe that it is an addiction. There are lots of therapists who believe that it's not an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those two camps of therapists fight sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which to me is detrimental to helping clients. Um, if we can't agree on, on whether it's an addiction or not, what hope is there for people that are struggling with mm-hmm. this? Um, and so my attitude, and I think your attitude too, mm-hmm. is that um, if a client comes to us and says this is a problem, then that, then it's a problem, mm-hmm. right? It's I don't care what you call it. Um, if, if the client says that it's a problem, then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and we can approach it from the standpoint of how do you get rid of something that's a problem in your life? Right. Um, and, and so... Uh, that that's kind of the the controversy um, right. around porn um, in larger society. There's a there's a huge controversy um, around pornography itself. Like, what is pornography mm. and what's not pornography, and how do you define that? Um, like Michelangelo's David, the statue. Right. You know, after hundreds of years, now um, the state of Florida is saying that that's pornography. Um, wow. And so, <laughs> um, and so. However, um, the definition uh, that Congress came up with 50 years ago um, was that pornography is in the intent of the person who created it. Um, So was the the material created for sexual excitement? 
and if it was, then that's then that's pornography. Mm-hmm. Right? If it includes naked bodies doing stuff, um, th- with the the person who created it, the intent was to for sexual excitement, then that's pornography. Mm. So that's right. that's interesting, and that's oh man, we're gonna talk about this <laughs> stuff. But um, you know, did they include? I don't. I, I I heard I've heard of that that definition, but did they? Is it specifically naked bodies? Right. So yes. So okay, like, okay. you know, like if a parent takes a picture of their kid in the bathtub, um, and and they don't have any clothes on. Um, that's not pornography because right. that parent was not creating that picture with the purpose of sexual excitement. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, okay. it's, it's. I can't remember how they word the naked body thing, but that's, yeah, that it's humans with their genitals right. exposed <laughs> with the, the purpose of sexual, sexual excitement. excitement. Right, right. Okay. I mean, because the, the point I was going to make was there's plenty of, videos non-naked bodies of the intent being sexual um arousal you didn't say sexual arousal but by the by the person and then would that be considered pornography but uh, maybe mm-hmm. that's another conversation for a different day but right um because that then blurs the line of pornography but but anyways going back to you know the initial kind of um controversy like the thought that i had was like you can't you can't you know, are people that come into our office, like for them, it feels like an addiction, porn addiction, or, or it feels like it's out of control or problematic or compulsory, whatever word that is there now. You can't pretend to tell them like, hey, that's, that's, it's not an addiction or get into that whole conversation. It doesn't really matter because in their eyes, it's something that's affecting their relationship, something that's affecting their their body something that's affecting their mind you know it's to them it's real (laughs) you know and that's kind of like you were saying i think where we both we start in a similar way in some ways it doesn't matter whether you feel like it's an addiction or not you're the the person feels that they have an issue with it (laughs) right you know right if it's a problem then we're gonna and they identify that as their presenting problem then we're gonna help them with that Mm -hmm. um whether they it it, does, it really does not matter to me what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether the, the client says I have a pornography addiction or whether they say I have a problem with pornography. I'm getting more of those now. They're, they just say I have a problem with pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, or clients don't usually, to me, use the word. I mean, we use the word compulsive around each other, but clients mm-hmm. don't say I have a compulsive porn, mm-hmm. porn problem. Um, and so... It yeah it just it doesn't matter to me you know if I say why are you here and they say porn then we go forward with that right like <laughs> <laughs> right there's not a debate of like is this really an addiction or whatever you know right <laughs> like define that yeah <clears throat> I mean I guess there's the they don't the cli- and the clients don't care like they're you know if we if we got into this whole debate about this with them mm-hmm. they would just be like i don't care help me right. like right <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter to them this this controversy mhm mhm definitely right so 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 when we first get people in um someone comes in like you said that i have a problem porn problem um you know what are some things and i can answer as well but i feel like as a springboard what are some things we start off with sort of the things we look at um 
start discussing with them as far as porn as an issue like how do we know that they truly truly are struggling with that i guess is the question Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um some questions that i ask them is like um talk to me about times where you've tried to quit and you've not been able to Mm -hmm. quit um because it's it's people think that if someone has an addiction or a compulsion um or or a problem giving up something they think that they can't quit and and so really people are experts at quitting um they quit every day Mm, right (laughs) Right? every time they use porn it's the last time they're ever going to use until the next time they use Mm -hmm. um and so they they keep quitting right and so talk to me about those times where you've tried to quit and you've not been able to i also asked them to talk to me about um like inappropriate times and places where they've where they've used Mm. porn um and and there are (laughs) inappropriate times and places and and again sometimes they they access porn at work um and i i can't think of a job that would that would like you to access porn Mm. at work (laughs) and masturbate (laughs) right um and so while while driving is another right that's another one that i get to Uh um and and so they you know people get in trouble for that like especially if you're using a work device um, to access porn um, and there there are news stories there was there was a, a gentleman killed he was in his 50s um, he was partially ejected from his car um, and he died just 20 miles from where we're sitting and um, they the police found porn playing on his phone mm. uh, you know he rolled over his car rolled over it was a horrible story but <laughs> wow. um so people do unfortunately look at porn while they're driving um and and are masturbating to that church is another place that mm-hmm. i've heard um and so um you know just asking clients talk to me about um inappropriate times and places right right um, sometimes at home when you're when you're supposed to be watching the kids, um, that's happened as well. Um, and and unfortunately, sometimes kids walk in when you're doing that, um, and so that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and it's technically, is it not technically illegal? Right, mm-hmm. it's it's yep. That's a as if you're showing them as reportable at least mm-hmm. right as a counselor is reportable to us if if your child sees pornography or if you're kind of showing them that right in some ways Mm -hmm. yep right and 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 i mean this isn't i'm assuming at least the way when i would ask it it's not necessarily in a shaming sense of like how could you be like watching pornography while you're driving or whatever it's it's i mean in my mind it's one is like okay what to what severity are you struggling with this clearly this is a, a in to a different not a different level, but an intense level mm-hmm. when you're putting yourself into risky situations. Um, and also, you know, as an exploration of like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Like, is that, do you, and do you like the fact that it's right. kind of dangerous or it's right. kind of like in these situations that could get you in trouble? Yep. Are you okay with that? You know? That's what I say. Is, yeah. Are you okay with that? <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, that, and that's an important point to like, we don't judge people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people tell me some pretty, um, some pretty scary things, some pretty, um, uncommon problematic stuff for them. 
Um, and I don't judge them. It's not my place. Um, I tell them you don't you don't pay me to judge you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I, I don't I don't I don't judge them. Uh, I just try to f- I'm asking them those questions to figure out how big of a problem it is for mm-hmm. them and how they feel about themselves having done these things that are problems for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, because shame and we've talked about shame in other podcasts, but like shame is such a big um, feeder for for out of control behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, like shame makes it worse. It's food. Right? Mm-hmm. It makes your addiction stronger. It makes your um, compulsion stronger. And so, um, so those are some questions that I ask them. Um, like, have you, another question is like, have you ever like not done family or social activities to be able to stay home and look at porn, right? Like skipped your cousin's birthday party or skipped going to the movie, the new um, Marvel movie that's right. you know right. have you skipped the next going Marvel yeah movie. right <laughs> <One of them. laughs> um, have you have you skipped that you know going out with your friends to stay home um, mm-hmm. and and look at porn another th- another way that that shows up is um, picking a fight with your with your with with your significant other um, so that then they leave so that you can be mm-hmm. home alone to look at porn right um, I hear stories like that where. You know, well, I wanted to do to look at porn, and so I had to pick a fight with her so she'd leave. Um, and even, even, you know, you have both sides of that: the picking the fight part. There's, I feel like there's the, you know, guys will say kind of consciously do that in the sense of like, okay, she's gonna, I know she's gonna leave because, because when I pick a fight or whatever, this is gonna happen. But then there's even the second layer of people that subconsciously do that they don't think outwardly like oh i'm gonna like pick a fight to um have her leave so i can watch porn Mm -hmm. but in so many steps they're doing it kind of in that way you know and that's hard to hard to recognize i think you know but it's a good question to ask of what have you done to facilitate you watching porn what Mm -hmm. either consciously or subconsciously you know yep yeah i think i think a lot of times um, we do we do things without realizing the whole reasoning behind why we're doing it. Um, and that certainly goes a lot goes the, the same applies for people who consume pornography. Mm-hmm. They're doing things and they don't realize consciously the ramifications of that. Um, but they're still setting situations up so that they can look at porn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right much like any other addictive type compulsive type behaviors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and i was just talking about this with a client too this idea of and we can i mean maybe expand your thoughts about that too but this idea of the i guess we talk about it in the sense of porn the porn brain versus the logical brain you know on the logical side you ask we ask our clients you ask our client like oh did you did you purposefully kick your significant other out or fight to to get her out like all right cool to watch porn like no not necessarily but then but your porn brain was in effect of like how can i how can i get to porn yeah you know what i mean how can i you know logically it doesn't make sense but your porn brain kicked up and was like okay here's the fastest way i'm 
I'm going to start a fight or I'm going to stay home from an event or I'm, whatever. Whatever is the fastest, easiest way to get you to use porn. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that the, the porn brain shows up in other ways as well. Like, um, you know, sometimes a client will, um, they, they may be having problems with their significant other. Um, and so they feel emotionally cut off from that person. Um, and so then they look at porn as this like false sense of intimacy because their porn brain tells them, I don't care how I get a connection as long as I have a connection with somebody. Hmm. And, and so that that's their porn brain talking, right? But the, they know that this connection that they have is fake, um, that it's not a real connection. Um, these porn actors don't care about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, but they pretend like they do, right? And so it feels to the brain like they do, like they care about you. Um, so that's, that's another example of how the porn brain talks to you. And it's really easy for some reason for us to believe the lies that porn tells us, mm. right? Because porn, your porn brain will say, oh, that's a connection. That's what you need. Do that and you'll feel better. But then we do it and then we don't feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feel worse. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, we might feel better for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, but then we don't feel better, right? And for we don't feel better for much longer than what we do feel better. Mm-hmm. Um and so, but that's the porn brain, right? That's mm-hmm. the, and the porn brain gives us like this amnesia, right? Because we don't remember that we feel worse. Mm-hmm. We only remember that we're going to feel better. Right. Right. So we don't remember the consequences. We don't remember the, the damage that we caused the relationships. Um, but we do remember that this is relief. It relieves stress. It relieves boredom. It relieves whatever. Yeah. Um, so the porn brain tells us that this is the answer. Yeah. Why, why do you think it's so hard to, um, for our guys to believe, to, sorry, not so hard, so easy to believe the lies that the porn brain is telling them or us or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that, that part of it is that, like, short-term versus long-term. Mm. I think that in in the short-term, your porn brain is telling the truth um, because... You know, for the next 20 minutes, you are going to feel better. You you mm. are going to feel this. This It is a fake sense of connection, but you are going to feel a sense of connection to these people. Porn is manufactured, so you feel connected to these people. Um, they did it on purpose. Mm. Um, and so I, I think that, like I said, it's a short-term versus long-term thing. Like in the long-term, this is going to be detrimental to our relationship. Um if if even if even the only thing was that that you're expending your sexual energy on on porn rather than with your partner right and so so even even if we took that one thing that that's that's a problem for mm-hmm. relationships for many relationships there are relationships where consumption of porn by one or the other or both of them is agreed upon and it's acceptable and we're not talking about those people right, right. those people don't come into our office <laughs> right yeah. they don't ask us for help um and that's fine and we're not out on yep. the street grabbing people by the you know by the hair of the head and saying no you have a problem right, right. we only we, we only help the people that come to us for help and so um so they f- they forget the, the the long term is kind of put on pause in exchange for the short-term reward um, 
and, and the example that I always use with people because they can kind of relate to that, a lot of people can, is, you know, every January 1st, people, you know, it, it's popular now not to make New Year's resolutions, but people still make New Year's resolutions. They just don't tell people uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that they do. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they might say, oh, I want to I want to lose weight or I want to eat healthier this year. Well, and that lasts until you go back to work and somebody brings donuts, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, were you lying that you wanted to eat healthier? No, you still want to eat healthier, but that's a long-term goal. The short-term goal is eating that yummy long john in front of me with mm -hmm. chocolate frosting, right? <laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, we, we push pause on the long-term goal in order in exchange for the short-term reward, right? And I think that that's why it's so easy to believe the porn brain. Right, because it's it's to and I, to me, I always talk to clients about you pressed mute on the healthy brain, right? Like you mm -hmm. muted that like a remote. You 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 literally shut the sound off on that part of your brain that said this is not a good idea. This is going to damage our relationship. Um, the, it even hurts me, it, regardless of my partner. Um, like it. It, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm trying to stop and I'm doing something that I don't want to do again. Right. And so it hurts me too. So, so we just shut, we just mm -hmm. turn the volume way down on that voice. But then the other one is louder now because the, other, the, the, the healthy voice is quiet. And so that makes the unhealthy voice, the porn brain louder. So I think that's why it's easy to believe. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so much of, or so many times of muting that healthy voice and increasing that porn voice results in just, you know, at some points probably not hearing the healthy brain at times or, yep. you know, or it's just, it becomes automatic of like, okay, this is what it is or yeah. And it's just second nature now to do that, those things, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It becomes, it becomes very easy to, to mute that, the healthy brain, uh, because anything that we practice, you're going to get better mm -hmm. at. So if you practice muting that healthy voice all the time, you're going to get really good at it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I literally say to my clients, you need to practice listening to that healthy voice and practice muting the porn brain, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Because you can do that. Uh, and so an example of that is, you know, clients will, they're, they're starting to practice some of the things that I tell them. And then they come back and they tell me, you know, oh, I was I was alone this weekend. You know, my my significant other was off shopping or whatever, um, and and I had the opportunity to look, and so sometimes they'll they'll say I even started scrolling on Instagram or I started doing whatever the beginnings of, mm -hmm, of it is, mm -hmm. right? And I call that like drive-by porn, right? Right. <laughs> <'Cause> they're, <laughs> they're they're starting to kind of go down. It's not real porn, yeah, but they're starting to move that direction. Um, gateway porn maybe yeah <laughs> and then they and then they come to you know they in other words their their healthy brains started to yell at them or whatever um, and they're like what am I doing I don't want to do this anymore right and so they stop themselves and they they the, they mute the porn brain more and then they they increase the volume of the healthy brain and then they go do something healthy you know go they mm -hmm. they go for a walk or they go play basketball or they do what um, whatever their replacement activities are. And then it, it helps to kind of shift that balance uh, back towards the healthy brain. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to throw in here because when I talk to my clients about this, that they always get this confused look on their face and they're like, 
am I schizophrenic or something? Like, <laughs> do I have multiple personalities? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, we all have these these kind of parts to ourselves. Um, again, I use a lot of food examples. Mm-hmm. That's the best kind of examples, <laughs> in my opinion. Right. At least. <laughs> and so, you know, if I said, hey, let's go out to eat after this, where do you want to go? And you would say, well, part of me wants Italian food, you know, that it's all about the pasta, but part of me wants Mexican food, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we're used to having two parts of our brain when it comes to food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or even like family vacations or whatever. You know, part of me wants to go to Disney World, mm-hmm. but part of me wants to go see the mountains out west. Like, and, and we don't think we have multiple personalities mm-hmm. when we talk about that, but somehow people get a little scared when I start talking about porn brain and healthy brain and sometimes that freaks them out a little bit. Right. I'm like, no, we all have, you know, we all have different voices in our heads about different things. Mm-hmm. Even right. television shows or movies, right? Part of me wants to watch this, part of me wants to watch this. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Right. And also the same mechanism, you know, talking about the shutting off the healthy brain, it makes me think about my daughter right now. She's four and she's all about, you know, her, 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 her reasoning brain <laughs> shuts off a lot these days where then just burst of emotion, you know, and, and nothing, not nothing, but no, most things aren't going to calm her down until she gets past that, you know, the flipping the lid, if you will. If I forget who, who uses that term. But um, once once that part of the brain is shut off, quote unquote, um, you know, we have it as children and, and as adults when someone cuts mm-hmm. you off in traffic and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm doing this. I'm going to cut them back off. And you realize like, oh, man, that probably was like a dumb thing to do. I shouldn't have done that. You know, it's it's that part of it is that mechanism as well, where you're shutting off the the frontal lobe of your brain. You know, it's not necessarily you're turning into a different person. It feels like it at times, you know, both in all of these scenarios, like whether it's with anger, whether it's with porn, whatever, it feels like two different people. But it's 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 that same mechanism, too, I think, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I also you know the the thought of that uphill battle that our guys are going through. One, it's the the mechanism happening in the brain, and then two is just how how close it is to reality, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Like you said, there's like some truth in in what your brain is telling you. Like, yeah, you're gonna have some sort of connection you're gonna have you know <laughs> the the example that came to mind is like a pyramid scheme like yeah if you if you you can earn this free car yeah like, it's possible but like what are the steps that, <laughs> that you have to do to actually earn the free car you what's know what it i mean cost me? what's it gonna exactly what's it gonna cost you like <clears throat> sure you can get that feeling of connection you can get that feeling of affirmation some guys will talk about you can get that feeling of of recharge quote unquote for 10 seconds mm-hmm. for f- to five minutes in the long run though you're not really getting anything it's just you're worse off right you know right <clears throat> and i think it's dr siegel that talks about the flipping, flipping the, the lid. lid okay yeah um i think it's s-i-e-g-e-l that sounds anyway, right so if they google <laughs> flipping yeah. the lid yes yeah. siegel um <clears throat> he talks about it takes your frontal lobe offline which is the the part that deals with impulse control um, emotion regulation, all that kind of stuff. When we get stressed, um, the frontal lobe goes offline, um, certainly in arguments with our significant other. Um, that's why um, many times when we're fighting with our significant other, 
um, we'll say things, um, sometimes even do things that we don't want to say or do, but it's because our frontal lobe is offline, right? And we need to, um, and, and that's something that we work with clients on, is techniques to bring that back online, right? And it, I mean, it's just a matter of seconds sometimes, um, sometimes a couple of minutes before somebody can bring that back online. Um, and, you know, sometimes walking away, but giving the other, the other person, you know, I can't talk about this right now, but I'll be back in 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I'll be able to talk about this. Because then they know that that's when their frontal lobe is going to be back online. Mm-hmm. And you can like reasonably discuss things um, like an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than throwing a fit like a four-year-old. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but we all have that four-year-old, uh-huh. right? We all have that ability to throw a fit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so obviously still porn related, um, but kind of merging into, um, so the question is, is porn sex, real sex? What are, what are your thoughts? Oh my, (laughs) (laughs) this is a a long conversation. (laughs) It is. Um, and we'll be expanding on another episode. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) Um, so Porn sex is not real sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I always try to, <laughs> I try to wonder about what people are thinking when I say that. Like when they're yeah. filming people having sex and that's porn, that is real sex. That they're having sex. Right. right. <laughs> they're really having sex. Uh, yes, they're really having sex <laughs> um, for eight hours a day, seven days a week, often. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot of friction, by the way. <laughs> um, and so often under the influence of drugs or alcohol, um, because that's a lot of sex. Um, and so it's that's a hard industry, pun intended, <laughs> um, oh, wow. to engage in, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, that's, it's a lot of friction. Um, and so anyway, um, is it realistic, I think is what you're asking. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it is not realistic by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the average penis size in porn is about two inches longer, um, and girth wise as well, um, is much bigger than the average penis size in, in real life Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. not porn life. Um, and so, um, and also, I mean, that's just one stat Mm -hmm. I could, you know, go on for the next hour about the difference in stats, uh, breast size for women, um, even foot size for whatever reason. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, larger feet. Yep. Larger feet. Huh. Um, and so uh, taller too. Um, and so it's, uh, these, these are actors, right? These are, these are people who have been hired because of their physical attributes, like all actors. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they they don't they don't hire people that look like me to play Batman right <laughs> on TV. Um, they should, right? <laughs> and so um, so just like Hollywood movies, you know that the the actors are hired because of their attributes, um, and so um, in in porn they're hired for for specific attributes that they have, um, <clears throat> and so. It's, it's not realistic sex, right? They, they show things in porn um, that mainstream people, and I'm not talking like a political party or whatever, right? right. right? It's that, that 
normal people when they have sex don't do these things. Right. Right. For example, like ejaculating on a woman's face. Um, when we survey women, most women do not want that to be part of sex. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you see that over and over and over in porn, you're going to think that they do want that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so rough sex, another one, right. Is, and so what happens is people see this over and over and over again in porn and then they don't ask their partner, right? If, if, if your partner wants to, you to ejaculate on their face, that I'm that. What a, that's great, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. but, but what happens is there's no conversation. There's no asking. They just do it. Um, and, and to me, that's almost assault-like. If you do that without asking your partner if that's okay, um, then now you're, you're, you're doing something sexually to this person that they did not give you permission to do. Um, and so there's... Porn tends to cut down on, on sexual conversation among couples, right? There's no, hey, do you want to try this? Do you want to try this position? Do you want to do this? Do you want me to do this to you while you do this to me? Um, it, it cuts down on that conversation because porn has normalized that because you've seen it a thousand times in the porn that you've watched and that becomes normal to you and you think everybody's doing it this way mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. when in reality everyone's not doing it that way. Um, but if you and your partner agree, that's fine. Um, right. Right. So there's a lot of unrealistic aspects to, to porn. Um, there's, it's very seldom in porn, um, for someone to ask for permission to have sex. Um, and even when they switch activities, there's, there's no, it, there tends to not be permission asked for when we switch activities. Um, when we go from, you know, kissing and hugging to penetrative sex, mm -hmm. there's no permission asked mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and also with porn, um, if there's any kind of slapping, hair pulling, stuff like that, that we call that hard, hardcore porn, um, again, those types of activities are normalized as well, right? And, and it can be... Um, a little surprising to to your partner for that to happen mm -hmm. um, when you've not agreed ahead of time that that's going to be part of your sexual repertoire. Um, so there's yeah there's a lot of unrealistic as aspects to sex. Um, the porn industry um, I saw I've seen several documentary documentaries where um, porn actors are interviewed um, and they'll say we are not teachers. That, that is not our role. Um, porn is entertainment, and that's it, mm -hmm. right? It's, uh, but unfortunately, a lot of young people are learning how to have sex by watching porn. And I always say to people, that's like learning how to drive by watching Grand Theft Auto mm -hmm. or something, right? Like, it's, <laughs> right. like, you're using something designed for entertainment. And when we use the word entertainment, you should read exaggeration there, mm, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, because when anything's made for entertainment, there's going to be exaggeration. Um, and so then you're learning how to do something by seeing it exaggerated, right? And that's not, that's not really Realist. the right way to mm -hmm. do stuff. Right. right. It's not realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic. And so you're learning unrealistic sex uh, by watching porn. In the porn industry, like I said, they, they, they say we're not supposed to be teachers. Mm -hmm. we're, we're in this to, to entertain. That's why porn is for adults, um, because 
the assumption is you, as an adult, you already have some sort of sexual template so that you can be like, oh, yeah, this is exaggeration. Like, real people don't do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but as, you know, as a child, when they look at porn, they don't have that template to say, oh, this is unrealistic. They think everybody's doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and that that assumes that they, that you're getting that sem- sexual template. I mean, the thing that I always talk about, you know, is like you said, there's relationships where porn is used and accepted and that's totally fine. And porn as an industry, like I don't, I'm, in my, my in my opinion, I'm not attacking porn as an industry. The issue for me is like the porn literacy or the sexual education, you know, like you said, the template that you have as a child going into adulthood of what's healthy sexuality, what's, what's healthy sexuality for me, what's realistic and what's not realistic. I think that's the huge missing piece of like the guys that come into our office of like no one ever talked to them about sex. No one ever talked to them about what regular, regular, not typical sex looks like. Like that's not part of the conversation. So then of course they're, you're learning from porn. You know, it's like, it's like, going using that analogy you had is like watching basketball to see lebron james doing a dunk and be like oh i don't mean i can do that like yeah. no you're this is the one percent of people right that with these physical attributes in the case of basketball is the tallest people around in the u.s in the case of porn is the people with the biggest penises and whatever you know what i mean like yep. it's not realistic so i think the missing link is that that sex education piece or that porn literacy piece like i you can't you can't go to the wwe and jump off of the turnbuckle onto the ring just by right. <laughs> by watching it because you've watched a lot of wrestling you right. know what I mean? like, exactly <laughs> but we we're programmed to think that we can right right like by watching thousands of hours of porn mm-hmm. um, we're programmed to think that that's normal that that's typical and everybody's doing it and that I, and that i can do it right mm-hmm. um and you touched on another topic that mm, I could talk about for hours. <laughs> episode. <laughs> that, that, you know, we need to be talking to people about sex, right? We need to, um, we need to talk to children about sex. What is comfortable touch? What is uncomfortable touch? Um, what, what you're allowed to do with your body and what you're not allowed to do with your body and that you have control over your body, right? That, um because there's like were you forced to hug your relatives as a child mm. right because then you you that's teaching you that you don't have agency over your body right that you don't have control over that that your body is to be used by other people um without your permission mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and so um but also talking about sex and talking about oral sex um, and, and all the kinds of sex, like sexual touch, touching. Um, when we think, when we hear sex, we think penetrative sex, right? But there's a lot of other stuff that's kind of around that and involved in that, um, other than penetrative sex. Um, and so including anal and vag- vaginal sa- sex and, and oral sex and, um, touching and fondling and, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so, we we tend not to in, in Midwest American society we tend not to talk to children about sex. If we do, it's don't do it. Mm-hmm. That's the those three words are the whole sex talk. 
Um, if you if you're lucky enough to get a sex talk, those three words are right. it. Um, and so, I think we do um, we do a disservice to children um, because what happens is they Google it, and then porn comes up, and then they're like, "Oh, well, this is this is what's normal, right?" Because um, my parents didn't mm-hmm. talk to me about anything. Um, and also, if my parents didn't talk to me about it, in children's minds, that gives them permission to do it, mm. right? Right. If they if if the rule wasn't set or the not don't do it wasn't said, then then you can do it, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I just I I just successful I just had a student successfully de- defend her dissertation, and it was on oral sex, uh-huh. um, and her whole premise was that what she found out in her research was that if because parents are talking to their kids about sex if they do talk to them it's about sex they don't talk to them about oral sex at all and so then then in in her the people that she surveyed's mind that she she found that they thought that that was permission permission right get granted Mm -hmm. by their Mm -hmm. parents because they didn't talk to them about oral sex so they thought well oral sex is on the table then right um and so um, like I, I think we need to be explaining to this, explaining porn to our children, right? Like, um, th- there's a great book called yep. "Good Pictures, Bad Pictures." <laughs> I was just gonna say that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that helps explain porn to very young children, um, and there's no porn in the book. <laughs> uh, it's just talking to them about. Basically, it's saying there's good pictures and bad pictures out there, and if you encounter a bad picture. Come and talk to me about it, and I can answer your questions. Right, very open, very non-judgmental attitude. Um, because again, if your kid comes to you and says, "Hey, somebody showed me porn at school," which happens, by mm-hmm. the way, um, and you freak out and start screaming at your kid, they'll never talk to you about porn again. Mm-hmm. They'll never talk to you about sex again. But they'll Google it, and then it'll go underground. Mm-hmm. Right. So now it's secret. Um, so yep. because you're not a safe person to talk to them about it. Um, so really what you should do as a parent is answer your kids questions, um, but also start the conversation so that they can feel free to come to you and talk to you about it. Um, and, and it's going to be an ongoing thing. Like this isn't going to be a one and done mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as they grow, they're going to have other questions, right? Um, that, that you need to be able to answer as a parent. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but so is other things, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So is so are the ramifications and consequences of not talking to your kids about sex, mm-hmm. right? And you can all use your imaginations on what I'm talking <laughs> about there. Uh, but, I mean, not the least of which is having to send your 14, 15-year-old son to us uh, because nobody ever talked to them about mm-hmm. sex, and now mm-hmm. they're looking at porn every day. Uh, and so... That's one of the unintended consequences of not talking to kids mm-hmm. about sex, mm-hmm. uh, because they're they're just going to Google it. We live in a society of Google, um, and when you Google anything that has anything to do with sex, and sometimes not anything to do with right. sex, it's porn comes easy up. To porn. Yeah, exactly. Easy to porn, and sure. then they're in it, um, and then it's too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Sort of theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's more difficult. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a better way to say it. Well, and I and I think that I mean that's definitely going to be another podcast episode about 
um, talking to children about sex because especially now with this whole debate about um, like schools putting you know LGBTQ topics and or sex topics in schools and you know parents saying I want to control what my kid learns you know my my thing is like if you don't if you don't have the proper tools slash language to talk about it then you're not going to talk about it and or you probably shouldn't you know maybe you should leave it to the schools i mean that's a whole whole nother thing that we'll talk about but you know because as a society we don't have the tools and we don't we don't talk about it in general so how how do you expect your kid to learn if it's not if it's if you're not giving the proper tools right but Right. I have no problem with people saying, I want to control what my kid learns. If you're actually teaching your kid. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Right. About sex. Right. That's what we're talking about today, sex and porn. So if you're talking to your kid about porn, I have no problem with you controlling what your kid knows about porn. But the problem is the vast, vast majority of people don't talk to their kids about porn. Mm -hmm. And so then they're exposed to porn. And then they keep that secret from their parents because their parents never talked to them about it, so it must be wrong. And so there's no conversations ever had about it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Well, then it leaves it to us to do it. <laughs> right. Right. For when they come to us and, and have therapy. Right. You know, right. When, the, when it's a problem. Uh, right. And, sure. and our clients have ranged. I mean, I've had clients as young as six and as old as probably 76. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, and, and still, even the 76 year olds, nobody ever talked to them about porn. Nobody talked to them about sex. So they're just doing this all on their own in secret. Um, and so it just, it just lends itself to a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it needs to be an ongoing conversation. Um, not daily, but certainly more than once, Mm -hmm. right. It needs to. And if you make yourself open as a parent to your child talking to you, they will come and they will ask you questions, right? And and like I said earlier, yes, it's awkward, but so is it awkward that when you find out your kid needs therapy because of their sexual mm-hmm. uh, behavior, right? Right. Um, so that's if you want to talk about awkward, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's an that's awkward conversation awkward. to have with your kid, right? Um, so yeah, wouldn't right. it be better to have these little awkward conversations before it leads to that? Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Again, we'll 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 I think we should expand on that one: the children and sex. Um, talking to children about sex that sounded weird. <laughs> no, no sex with children. Um, so we'll definitely expand on that but as we kind of wrap up this episode is clearly not enough time but um what are some quick and dirty kind of tips the one of the two two guys you know watching this podcast are guys with porn issues um for me i would the thought that comes to mind is like connection like ha- like because of because the secrecy and shame of of dealing with pornography i think it's important to have uh, accountability person it's important to have people trusted people in your corner to kind of bounce it off of or to to talk about it or to talk about your feelings you know whether that's your significant other um and having people that you can be open with because i think connection is a is the antidote to secrecy and mm-hmm. shame um but but what any other quick and dirty kind of tips yeah i think i think you you nailed it right communication 
um, you you said connection, but um, mm-hmm. I, I would I would add to that communication, right? Like if you like find somebody that you can talk to um, about these things uh, and and get the right answers, because porn's not going to give you the right answers; they're going to give you the answers that sell stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people listen to this; they're going to be like, "Porn's free." It is, but it's not, <laughs> right? Um, porn leads you to uh, like even OnlyFans, like like anything that's going to sell, right? Um, and even the free sites have ads, right? Which is not free, um, and so they're gonna they're gonna lead you into um, paying for premium sites or whatever. Um, so anyway, um, I think <laughs> communicating, communicating with your partner, communicating with a trusted person. Um, about what is okay for me and what is not okay for me and how how do I decide what's okay for me mm. to do um, as far as porn or sex or whatever um, and you know what's okay for me at this stage of my life and what's not okay for me at this stage of my life uh, I really think communication and connection are the antidotes um, to a lot of this behavior mm-hmm yeah and 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 with that communication i think that's key as well too like when we're we're talking about the porn brain and the and the logical brain you know i think having someone that you can connect with because oftentimes i feel like guys talk about like you can't um you can't trust yourself sometimes especially in that dichotomy of the porn brain versus the logical brain you know and sometimes you the thoughts that you're having or whatever you're like I can't trust what's normal and what's typical or whatever, you know? So I think having someone, you know, definitely having someone maybe that's in the struggle with you, if you will, but also having someone that maybe it's not struggling with it to bounce that off of like, is this, is -hmm. this normal? Is this thought? Okay. Is this whatever that is? You know what I mean? That's I think important as well in that communication. Um, Because you, you alone with your brain sometimes is, is is not the best recipe for success you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yep yeah so just asking like you said you know asking somebody um you know talking about it because really we don't talk about it because we want people to think that we're perfect and Mm. we have it all together um but we really don't um and then that's what brings people to us right because they um and and i think that that's one of the reasons why um, we have so many people in this tiny town coming to us because this mm-hmm. is a place where they can talk about it and, and they don't get judgment um, and they, they get somebody that's going to listen and they get somebody that's going to say, but is that really what you want? Mm-hmm. And if it is, that's fine. And if it's not, then like, let's do something else mm-hmm. to get you what you want, right? That, that's, that's not in the category of behaviors that I don't want to do anymore. Uh, and so... You know, people people do the exact opposite of what they should mm-hmm. do. They keep all this a secret. Um, they they let their own brain kind of run rampant because there's nobody to hold them accountable. Um, and so, you, you we really should be talking to our partners about our sexual struggles, not keeping a secret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Cool. Thanks for the info. I, again, we're gonna be. Um, jumping off of here into other podcasts but I think it was a good start um, and some good info obviously for people listening we they can follow us on Facebook 
um, facebook.com slash wet dreams podcast dreams with a z um, and anywhere that podcasts are available and we also have the video on youtube just as an accompaniment to and if you guys want to see our beards I mean, they're pretty uh, <laughs> they're pretty volum- volum- voluminous i don't know what the word is but <laughs> um yeah and we'd love to answer all any questions that people have like yeah. i think that i think there's a lot again like you like you said it's people want a space to talk about it you know and we just hope that this is a small space that people can listen in and talk about it with us you know yep exactly for sure awesome thanks here's just a tip is pornography the problem for you here are some common signs that it might be a problem in your life number one You're beginning to ignore other responsibilities or tasks at work, school, or home in order to watch it. Two, you start engaging in what might be considered riskier behavior, like watching porn while driving. Three, you need more extreme forms of it, or you need it more frequently to get the same effect. Four, you feel like even though you want to stop watching it, you can't, or you've tried to stop and can't seem to. Five, you're using it to cope with anxiety, depression, feelings of sadness, etc. Six, you're spending excessive amounts of money on it. Seven, you've lost interest in real life sex. Eight, you're feeling guilty, distracted, angry about your use. If you feel any of these apply to you, that's okay. There's help out there like online resources, Reddit forums, therapists, etc. Reach out to someone you trust. Liking what you're hearing so far? Feel free to give us a follow at our socials down below and get some more info on sex therapy related topics.